let us continue to worship and uh, pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for gathering us in your house this morning. We thank you for uh, giving us new life in Christ, saving us. Father, you are beautiful, wonderful. We want to uh, live our lives uh, for you, for your glory. We thank you for our church. And Father, we pray for more love, more unity and purpose, and that, Lord, uh, you would be well pleased with, with each one of us individually, but also as a body of believers. Lord, our local church would be known as, as a place that is filled with your presence and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a, just a quick uh, word concerning the announcement. So, you know, after a long two years or more of pandemic and, and not having much opportunities for, for the leadership and the congregation to, to have uh, communications and exchange of ideas, so, um, yes, June 19 on Father's Day, there'll be, a, I think, a small light snack offered. And just like the AGM, we'll, we'll have the meeting right after. And the idea is not, it's not only uh, to send us questions, but yes, we invite questions, but I think we would also really enjoy receiving comments or suggestions because we, we want to uh, work together and you have ideas and uh, we cannot do it all for sure. Okay, so that's a little bit the idea behind the June 19 uh, meeting. <clears throat> so for the next uh, well, two more Sundays. So for three Sundays, I will be sharing from uh, Romans chapter 12. So this morning, we'll look at the, just the first uh, two verses. And then the following Sundays, we'll, we'll look at the other part of the chapter. If you're, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the letter to the Romans that Paul wrote. And, you know, once you get to chapter 12, it, it, it becomes very um, practical. Okay, so now, because of God's great mercies, God's amazing love, the gospel that Paul has been explaining in, in a lot of details in the previous chapters, so now... How should we put that in practice? And I, I hope, my prayer is that uh, looking at Romans 12 will, um, will encourage us as a church to, to see how we can, each one of us, um, contribute. We all, we all have gifts. We're all different. And that's what makes it so uh, beautiful. And, and Paul will talk of 
you know, this uh, one body, but different members and different ministries. Some people are, are good with kids. They love to be in the nursery. Others would be so miserable there. But <laughs> there's other areas where we, and, and you know, if everyone uh, does its part, uh, then it really, uh, yes, it's, God is, is uh, glorified. And uh, I think everyone's happy in some way. So uh, that's a little bit the, the intro for the, the next few weeks. Okay, it works. All right. Um, just a, a brief note on, uh, I guess, uh, just personal things. And so I, I was diagnosed with, um, you know, I'm getting older, and, and some of you also, I guess. <laughs> and so we need replacement parts. And so I'll be getting new eyes uh, in a few months. I, I, I have cataracts. So if I can't see you well this morning, please, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't be mad. Don't. <laughs> That's why I have this like large print uh, thing. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so yes, what keeps people from living for God's purposes? Okay, so I'm not going to answer this. This is just for, for us to uh, just take a moment. Uh, yeah, Romans 12, the, the beginning of Romans 12, I, you know, I looked at all kinds of uh, resource. Some of you know Martin Lloyd-Jones, a, a preacher from, uh, from England. Wales. From Wales, that's right, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say uh, Robert knows him well. <laughs> Anyhow, Romans 12, 1 and 2, he has, I think, something like 12 one-hour sermons on, on just that. So I have 20, 25 minutes. I will, I'll try my best. We, you know, I, you could focus on just one word in the passage and, and come up with a message. But when I think of Romans 12... And uh, we've used that in, in some of our uh, small group Bible studies for newcomers. Uh, and, and someone said, you know, right after uh, the beginning of the chapter, you, you find this, the rest of Romans 12. And it's, it's kind of a typical uh, thing that you find in, in the New Testament. Uh, you know, forgive those who hurt you, uh, love others, uh, serve, teach, use your gifts, and, and so on. And someone said, you know, this reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount and maybe especially the Beatitudes. Sometimes we read these sections, blessed are those who, you know, there's the whole list, or basically the, the call is very high. And I know for myself, and, and possibly for you also, 
Sometimes when we read these things, we could feel um, overwhelmed. Like, yes, yes, I, I want, I would love to be more like this. So what, what is blocking me from being able to, to have that quality of life, that quality of love uh, for God and for others? Okay, so, so here's the passage. So Paul is appealing. It's a strong, uh, you know, word of, I, I really, really ask you to, to do this or to consider uh, what I'm just, what I'm going to say. Brothers, by the mercies of God, so the previous chapters, again, he talked about God's amazing love, God's amazing grace uh, that we do not deserve. His mercies are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. So in view, in view of such a great love that we have benefited from, how are we to live or how are we to respond uh, so he says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I'll just stop there for a moment. So here, uh, Paul is using uh, imagery from, you know, from the Old Testament. Who would offer the sacrifice? Normally, it was the uh, the priest, and we're we're going to see a few uh, parallel verses that will help us to understand our passage. But basically, we we follow Christ, and Jesus said um, that he came to to do the will of God. You find that in Psalm 40 and then Hebrews 10. He was, and, and basically Jesus was the priest, the high priest, but he was also the offering, the sacrifice. So in, in some way, as followers of Jesus, we, we are called to, to offer our, our bodies as a living sacrifice, to offer our lives, take my life and let it be consecrated unto thee. I surrender all. We, we have many uh, beautiful Christian songs, hymns, that would fit under the, uh, the theme of consecration. So, so this morning, I think what we are looking at is really consecration. And in the Old Testament, the people of God <clears throat> were called to, um, to consecrate themselves, to, uh, to be set apart, to serve the Lord, to be at his uh, service. The text that we have, I'll, I'll continue reading, but what's interesting is it really talks about uh, I surrender 
all. And it includes, firstly, our body. Uh, the flesh is weak. <clears throat> the, the spirit has you know, good intentions. That's paraphrased, but I think we all understand that often the body is, uh, is that part of our life that where we, we find a lot of struggle. Paul talks about this, I think, in Romans 7 and so on. So in our passage, we have the body, but then we also have the mind. Um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, uh, our thoughts. And we will we'll see a few, uh, a few verses. Uh, I'll give you a sneak preview. <laughs> Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Uh, Keith Price, he, in one of his books, he says it's like a butterfly net. And so you catch, catch your thought, take it captive, and then uh, bring it, you know, like look at it in light of uh, the word of God. Does it, does it align with God's word or is this something I should dismiss <clears throat> and so on? <clears throat> so the body, the mind, and, and the will, I think. So at least we could think of these three areas, and you, you've, got, you've got a lot right there. If you consider surrendering your body, surrendering your mind, and surrendering your will to God, uh, that's, that's pretty uh, complete, I think. So, you know, when we think of this kind of uh, language, um, offering our body as a living sacrifice, the, just the word sacrifice, the word, uh, well, the verb surrender, these things could make us uh, a little bit uncomfortable, you know, so as, as I was exploring these, this uh, section, these two verses, um, I'm, I, I was thinking of basically the struggle we have, you know, our will. So I, I would have my own uh, dreams, desires, plans, and so on, where you know, we think this would be a good life for us to live. And, and we're called to lay that, to put that down at the foot of the cross or on the altar. And in order to do that, I think in, uh, in our lives, I think we, we need to trust God, to, to really trust, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Um, is God's will really better or good compared to, you know, my will? And, you know, we, 
as Christians, we would, we would answer that question for sure, God's will. And, and, and it says right here in the passage that if the conditions are met, what are the conditions? Off, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, surrender yourself to God, not half fully, here I am, Lord, I'm available. I want to know your will. I want to do your will. Um, and not be conformed to this present world. Not let the pressure around me, uh, social media, maybe on the news, maybe uh, trends, Maybe I need a, a bigger house. Let's renovate the house. Let's buy a cottage. What about a new car? What about promotion? Uh, success, my career. Let's uh, move up in the uh, corporate, uh, whatever it might be. Um, not to be molded by what the world promotes and, and says, Did, you know, this will give you uh, this promises uh, satisfaction, good, a good life. And, and so this, these sh this short passage is really uh, packed. <laughs> it's a condensed of a lot of things. So the three conditions, offering our bodies a living sacrifice, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, of your mind. So if these three things are, are sincerely, uh, these conditions are met, then I think, according to the passage, uh, some translations will say, then you will be able, you will be able to discern, to know what the will of God is maybe for that situation in your life or you, you, you'll, you'll be in a better position to discern this is the way walk ye in it, in it. and it will, it will be much clearer. But again, the conditions uh, need to be uh, met first, I think. And we see here that God's will is said to be good, acceptable, and perfect. Do we agree that God who gave us life, who designed us, is in a much better place to know what would be best uh, for us, but not just for us, for, for the glory of God, for the kingdom? You know, some, sometimes we think of, um, if I surrender to, to God and, and I say, God, whatever you want, I'm in. Um, you know, we, we might be thinking, but, but I, I, I don't want to go like to Africa in the jungle. Don't send me in a small village or not this, not that. And, you know, we put, we put all kinds of, Maybe, and, and so we end up maybe, well, 
I'll, I'll kind of take care of my, of my life. And, and maybe we only half surrender. But I think, you know, the passage is, is, is really revealing to us, telling us that to, it, this is the best way to live, surrender, to fully let go. And um, let's, I'm keeping track of time. I, I, I guess I, that's my concern. Uh, I hope not to go over, so I will. I started around 20 minutes more or less ago, so 10, 15 minutes more, Lord willing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so from Romans 6, just to... Because the letter of Romans, basically, this is not new. Romans 12, bang, um, offer yourselves to God. In here, you know, Paul says, consider yourself dead to sin, alive to God. Let not sin ring in your, in your bodies. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God. You see? Again, the same idea. Present yourselves to God as those who have been bought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin have been set free from sin have become slaves let me have become slaves of righteousness for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present again he's repeating present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification okay just uh, a little comment here so i timothy keller he he wrote he wrote a book um, counterfeit gods and and basically it's it's on idolatry and and our passage fits uh perfectly with this theme from the beginning of the bible you you see that worship uh, you have cain and abel two different approach to worship, one that is pleasing to God and the other one is not. The Bible has a lot to say about worship. And worship, I think we all know, is, is not only what takes place here on Sunday morning. Uh, basically, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. You, you could be washing your dishes and you could be doing it as an, act, as an offering unto the Lord. But I'm not saying that you should not come to church on Sunday. That's not my point. But every part of our life uh, can be worship, can be an offering to the Lord. Um, so the theme of worship, it goes all across the Bible, all the way, certainly, to the book of Revelation, and idolatry. 
So Timothy Keller in, in his book, and, and I remember reading that a few years ago, he, he was pointing out that uh, false gods or idols in our lives, something, anything that could take the place of God, something we, we turn to uh, for, for life, for satisfaction, for meaning, and so on. And that could be so many things. But Timothy Keller points out often it's a good thing because we, we would think idolatry, idols, you know, it's like addictions, uh, drugs, drinking too much, uh, things like that. And, and yes, these things can, can be included in there. But what happens when the family becomes more important, uh, the success of your children, their education, or your health, uh, it becomes the main focus of your life. You know, if you ask yourself, uh, what, is, what is most precious to me right now? Like, what do I want the most? Is, is it, I, I would like to have my cataracts fixed and then I could see well again? Or all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth? <laughs> um, what, what is uh, something that you are thinking about, about often? And when you have free time, you're, you're your mind wanders off to, oh, I can't wait for my next vacation in Cuba. I've been saving up vacation days or saving up in my bank account, and, and, and this, will, this is what I need. And, and yes, I'm not saying don't take vacation. I, I hope you understand. Um, so <clears throat> idolatry good things, but the one that Tim Keller says is probably top on the list is individual freedom, your personal freedom. I know that when they compare Quebecois people and people from Ontario uh, in some uh, research surveys, and, and they found that I, I think in Quebec, People tend to enjoy spending maybe a bit more going to restaurants. And maybe in Ontario, they, they might be a bit more saving and preparing for the future. It, it's just different uh, uh, cultures in, in some ways, you know. But that, that's, that's beside the point. Uh, but personal freedom, think about it, individual freedom. So here, um, am I, would I be willing to surrender whatever the Lord, you know, reveals to me is, uh, is taking too much place in my life? Something uh, where uh, your treasure is, uh, 
there your heart will be, or, or it might be the other way around. But what is most precious? And am I willing to trust God enough to let go of, of this? And to do like Abraham, basically, uh, Genesis 22, so God uh, tested his faith. There was a test, a very big test. And his son was uh, very, very uh, important for Abraham, definitely. They had been waiting you know, for, for years and years, and finally the son, they had. Anyhow, he obeyed, and it says, by faith, by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith is, is a major part of, of worshiping and surrendering our lives. By faith, Abraham offered up his son Isaac. And so personal freedom in, in, in some of our lives might be... Um, Something that, you know, we, we need. Because when you're, when you're faced with the choice, okay, it's my life. I, I have my time, my life, my things. Um, and, and God is inviting us, not forcing us, but definitely inviting us. And Paul is appealing Offer your body, offer your time, offer all that you have to, to the service of God, and you will not regret it in, in a way. This is uh, because we, we are designed by God as creatures of worship. So I think something that's... Uh, that some, I, I know I've had uh, confusion about this, and I still have probably, is that, and I'll try to phrase it, um, is that, you know, we're, we're set free, God sets us free through, you know, Jesus and so on. But like Romans 6 talks about, it's, it's a bit like you're, we are either a servant of sin, of a slave of sin, at serving in that way, being a slave, or we are a servant of, of God or of righteousness. But you're never somewhere in between. And, and, and I would say that's, that's probably one of the big illusions that... Uh, that many of us sometimes struggle with. Um, like, I'm not sinning, you know, I, I'm not doing things I, sh I should not do, so therefore, I must be pleasing to God. Um, <clears throat> almost finished there, yes. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's about freedom, and we say, thank you, Lord, you have set me free. I, I'm now free in Christ. Wow, great. 
okay, what, what am I going to do with my freedom, my, my life, my time? Is it just for me to decide, uh, maybe I'll, I'll work on, on that part of the house, maybe make it a little bit bigger, or oh, I, I, ha oh, I have great projects, maybe I should go back and, and get another degree, or we, we could come up with a lot of, uh, of, of very interesting uh, projects or plans. But I, I think when we put Romans 12 in, in practice, it means yielding. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You are the potter, I am the clay. And, and our will, there, there's, there's a battle going on. There's kind of a will battle. Am I going to trust God? He says, I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Do you truly believe that God's will, God's plan for your life is way better than whatever you could come up with? And, and are we willing to consecrate just at least to to say to the Lord, here I am, uh, show me. And you know what happens when, when these conditions are met? I, I, I truly believe the Lord uh, guides you. And it's, it's not necessarily big things like the next day you're going to leave as a missionary to go to Japan or to Korea these things might eventually happen, but often it's incremental. So there is a process, uh, we, you know, we call it uh, sanctification, and this is a transformation process. So this is the last thing I'm saying. I see the clock there. Like I said, there's a lot in there. Um, the last thing I would say is the verb in Romans 12, let yourself be transformed. So when you, we think of uh, sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, being transformed, God is at work to complete. He says he, he's faithful to finish the work he started in you. There's, there's a process, and sometimes that process will be painful, uh, transformed by troubles, Rick Warren says in, in Purpose Driven Life. Uh, <clears throat> but the verb, let yourself be transformed, is really, uh, this is in the passive voice. So I remember years ago, I, I was working doing home care, you know, like CLSC. Somebody comes and, and I had to give a sponge bat to someone in a wheelchair, uh, and the verbs is, I wash, this is active, I wash the car. The second one, the middle voice, I think, is I wash myself. We're okay with that, I, I, can, I, I can do this. 
you know, transform myself. I, I'll make efforts. I will read more of the Bible. And uh, these things are good, you know, to be transformed. But the verb in Romans 12 is let yourself be transformed, passive voice. So when you get to a certain age and you cannot wash yourself anymore, I tell you, it's very difficult. It's humbling to have someone come in your home to give you a, a shower, a bath. I, I know because I did it with some people. Some are, some are good patients or customers, and some, oh boy, they, they really didn't want me there. And uh, it, was a, it was a tough fight to, you know, to, to get the, the shower done. Um, yielding, surrendering, let God transform you. But sanctification is not just passive. It, there, there's there's uh, our part, I would say, and God's part. Probably it's, a, it's, a, it's best seen as a collaboration, two working together. Our part, I, I can put myself in a place where I can, where God can, can transform. And you have Mar Mary and Martha, you know, she's sitting. Martha's going around and like a chicken with the head cut off. And she, what she's doing is good, but Mary chose the best part. It will not always be easy to be putting that in practice, to be in a passive let yourself be transformed. But you see, if Romans 1 and 2, if that is not uh, taking place in your life, the next two message, Romans 12, you know, do this, forgive others who hurt you, uh, love, serve, forget about it. It will just be frustrating. You, we will not be able to enjoy uh, our service and our Christian life. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us to fully trust you and surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen.